0: Hello, my name is Israel. I've been involved in hip hop since the 1980s as an artist, producer, radio show host, journalist, documentarian, magazine editor, hip hop advocate, and pundit. Over the years, I've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music, media, and more. Welcome to Sounds from the Underground, the podcast from Insomniac Magazine, where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've preached it so you transformed yourself from the quote unquote gangster rapper to a Hollywood player and mogul. Could you talk a little bit about how that transformation occurred? Would you would you say that Boys in the Hood was, was pinnacle to making that transformation?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know I never really thought about being an actor. I never thought that I could be a part of Hollywood until John Singleton you know, really pursued me for, for a couple of years to be in that movie. And, you know, I was in love with movies as a fan. When I did that movie, it showed me that I can actually be a part of creating movies. And that's where all the action was for me. And, uh, you know, John encouraged me to write and be a writer and not just a actor waiting for somebody to do good work for you, but to be somebody who was proactive. And I took a device and pretty much ran with it. Appreciate it because it's gotten me this far.
0: And what would you say is the the next big chapter in your career to help you solidify your career in film and, and entertainment outside of music?
1: Getting the movie fried, be made, and, you know, writing it and doing it and getting it made and having people. You know love the movie To me that just Let Hollywood know That they could Consider me as a Filmmaker And not just You know Somebody who was Acting You know Uh Sometimes Hollywood thinks You know The only reason You're doing a movie Is cause You're popular And people know that You got a fan base Uh But You know here This was a movie That worked And uh it was done kind of from scratch. So I think I got a lot of respect doing that movie and just trying to follow up on it.
0: And and I would say that also having substance, right? Because you mentioned that a lot of what you see in, in film is, you know, picking up someone that just happens to be hot at the moment but there's not a lot of, a lot of substance so that when people actually, you know, see the product, they're not really enthusiastic about it or they badmouth it and obviously with Friday that wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, that wasn't the case. You know, Friday uh was a fresh kind of take on comedy. You know, it kind of took a comedy uh, off the stage and off television, and, and kind of put it in the hood. Right. It showed how we we get through the day. You know, I think a lot of people respected that fresh look. You know, uh, and and you know they respected me and what I was doing because it wasn't the same old thing. It wasn't like Regurgitated comedy. It was something fresh,
0: right? And how yeah. difficult would you say that is? I mean, to trans—you know—that that transformation. I mean, obviously, when when people knew you from NWA, they knew you as you know, a guy that obviously you know was 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 hardcore. You just looked mean to transform that into comedy. I mean, I would say, it was is that difficult to make that happen on screen?
1: Nah, you know, because you know, I, I feel like I got a sense of humor. And timing and, you know, our music is kind of dark comedy in a lot of ways, you know, if you listen to the rhymes. And so, you know, it's just kind of like the opportunity. Right. You know, it's just, you know, I needed the opportunity and got it. And it kind of
0: ran with it. Would you consider that being a, taking a risk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely took
1: a risk. Um, because... You know, people didn't want that from me. Right. I mean, people wanted me to stay as Doughboy. Right. Uh, Keep it hardcore. Um, But my thing is keep it real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It ain't just hardcore to be hardcore, but it's hardcore for a reason. Or, you know, uh, I knew when I did It Was a Good Day, that song, and I had a lot of resistance on that song from my inner circle. That uh, you can do whatever you want to do, as long as you keep it real, right? And you don't, you don't uh, sell out who you are, you know. And that's both ways, you know. Don't be over hard when you're not hard, over hard, and don't be, uh, you know, uh, weak when you should be hard. So right. it's kind of, you know, it works both ways.
0: And did you get a lot of heat when you moved over to the uh, East Coast to make your your debut album?
1: No, nah, I didn't get any heat. You know, the East Coast West Coast beef really happened after the West Coast were able to get on top musically, right? Uh, and then it was a competition there, and that's kind of what fueled the beef. America's most wanted was done when it was no competition. It was. Uh, the East Coast reigned supreme, and it wasn't an issue.
0: And how did you feel, by the way, when all that was heating up between you know East Coast, West Coast, and then people started actually you know being killed? How how do you feel about about that time in hip hop? The
1: beef was there for a reason. It wasn't just kind of for nothing. It's kind of like Crips and Bloods. It's there for a reason. It's it's history behind it, and you know the West Coast felt like we was getting a backlash for being so good at the time. To me, Tupac's death has nothing to do with the East Coast, West Coast beef. Biggie's death is still unsolved, so we really don't know why he was killed and who did it. So it's always looked at it as it was something that happened together, Mm -hmm. but it's actually, you know, the beef is what it is, and these two deaths are what they are. It's kind of like an event that happens so close to each other That they seem like they're tied together But I don't totally buy into the fact that they was totally tied together Gotcha As far as, especially on Tupac's death Right Like I said, Biggie's is unsolved So we really don't know
0: who, why, and where mm-hmm. I mean, You know And and in regards to, to the music industry Obviously, you know, it's it's... You know, it's been known for years that there's a lot of corruption. How have you found the film industry to differ from music?
1: I mean, the unions and film are a lot stronger uh, with the DGA and uh, SAG, the uh, Screen Actors Guild. I mean, I think there's. I think they went through what the music business. Is going through years ago. But, you know, we still had, I mean, it's still shady business. I did a movie with the Weinstein Company called Janky Promoters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie was supposed to go out on the big screen, but they lost their funding and uh, threw it out on DVD without letting us take it to another company to put it on the big screen. So, you know, that was like one of the shadiest things I dealt with in the industry industry is definitely a lot cleaner than
0: the business coming up in in the business I mean obviously you've come across I'm I'm sure many power brokers and very influential people Uh, would you mind sharing maybe one of the uh, best pieces of of advice that someone had given you throughout your career
1: sign your own checks I mean I, I think that's the best advice I've gotten to always sign my own checks You know Because uh, I mean to, That way you can always question What's going out. Right
0: And and as an actor Would you say that That the, the Ice Cube Brand Differs from Ice Cube The, the recording artist and, and the artist that people Knew growing up In music or, or is it the same individual Well I
1: mean Acting is acting Those mm. are characters You know my music is, is what I do. You know, I have freedom in music. But, you know, acting as characters, these, these are projects that you need a lot of people to put together. It's kind of a different animal. You know, I don't, I don't know if you can look at any actor and say, okay, that's him from this role or that role. You know, an actor's trying to do his best to be a character. Uh, And if he's not His head is probably Not in the right place So You know I always feel like If I do a good job You know I'll make you think That's who I am Right You know The music is The freedom I have as an artist To do what I want to do Right You can kind of You know I guess read between the lines on, on how you should judge me or, or look at me.
0: And what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Would it be in music or would it be something on, on the entertainment or the non-music side of entertainment?
1: I mean, N.W.A. I mean, that set it off. Mm-hmm. i most proud of N.W.A. because, you know, none of this stuff would be possible without that. Right.
0: Are you, uh, you think you'll ever do a reunion album?
1: I don't think so, you know, but you never know, but... I don't think so.
0: Any insight into the implosion of the recorded side of the music industry?
1: You know, for three years now, I've been working on my independent records and and building my website. And to me, that's the future for any artist that's been out that can't get a record deal or that's um, coming out and can't get a record deal is to try to build up a fan base and have them come directly to you and keep giving them music through your website. Right. Um, the traditional, other traditional ways are drying up quick. And I think, I mean, it's been a whole assault on music. They've systematically, you know, taken, taken away instruments out of schools and taking instruments out of kids' hands in a lot of places in the country, and then systematically taking record stores and places to buy music and people to gather and talk about music, and then they've slowly but surely taken away the video shows. And so all the outlets where we're getting music is slowly drying up everywhere, Uh, and it's by design. You know, music is too powerful for the future, it seems like, for the people that run where we in the music is too powerful for the future and you know uh, you know, if a new kid don't pick up the trumpet when the old trumpet players die the trumpet dies you know what I mean so that's it's it's, it, it's a situation that's happening here
0: so do you feel that it, there's a lot of devaluing of music a, a, as well with all of the consumption of music without people actually being compensated for it that is yes. also contributing to that mindset well, people Think music is free
1: I mean It's like a Generation is thinking Entertainment is free And It's not Mm -hmm. You know Every time you take Something free That you like You're putting The artist Out of business You know what I mean Every time you take it For free and, And you know He's doing something Or she's doing something That you like Um Then they're not going to be able to produce What you like anymore in the future Because there's no value in it So they're going to end up stopping So then you soon say Man, where, damn I wish I could get another such and such album where, where, where they at? Well, you don't put them out of business uh, And so you walk around with your iPod And your IDIS and, and your iPhone And you're going to have shit to play on it mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But old stuff Right you don't have yeah, you know, every device to play entertainment, but there's not going to be any entertainment coming, no new entertainment coming down the pipe.
0: So what do you feel a solution is or what is your solution as as not only a recording artist, but also as, you know, the owner of a recording um, company? I mean, if I had the solution,
1: (laughs) you know what I mean, I'd be a very, very rich man. So, you know, I'm fighting to find a solution. Gotcha. Uh, You know, the word is, is whatever you like, be willing to pay for it.
0: There's so many aspiring artists and aspiring musicians that one day would like to get a shot to do what you have done. Can you give advice that you feel, you know, would do something for them that would help them achieve their dreams?
1: There's no magic pill to go from from, you know, where you are to being successful in entertainment. But what you can do is you have to turn on the people around you first. You know, you have to instead of thinking, you know, large just just think small for a minute if if your music or your art or whatever you're doing your acting can't energize your family, your friends, your neighborhood, the people to start speaking on your behalf on your talent then it's hard to be a star because you got to Take for instance, when NWA, we got our neighborhood energized first. Then the city start loving who we are. Then the state of California, then it spread throughout the country, throughout the world. So I think that's where most stars, the people in their neighborhood know they're a star before they even get out there, you know. So it's kind of like you have to energize the neighborhood, your city your state and then the country and then the world gotcha
0: what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in your career if you don't mind sharing it looking back
1: too much you know anytime you look back too much at what you've done you ain't concentrate on what you need to do so you know I ain't saying you don't smell the roses but you can't sit on your success and anytime I've Sat on my success I felt like Okay I I lost a step It takes me longer To get back Where I need to be So Never do that You know what I mean Just keep working Just keep working Keep looking forward Don't worry about what you did Awesome Don't Don't be too quick To pat yourself on the back
0: Awesome That's uh, wonderful advice, man And obviously, you know, you are now a seasoned actor But it was still, I think, interesting for people to see you in a role or in a film You know, playing opposite kids How different was it to work in that environment? It was actually fun
1: because, you know We had kids that were happy to be there, ready to work I like working with some of the kids better than the adults (laughs) Uh, By having kids, you know, I can relate to them Right So easy uh, and they' down to, to to do a good job, right? You know? nah, so I used to hear complaints, but I guess we got a good batch of kids, you know, because uh, they show up on time, they know their lines, and they're ready to go. Gotcha. You, know I mean? well, you ask from the from the actor, right? They're pros more than the pros, you know,
0: right? And. And, and I understood that you were you were asked to possibly do another sequel, and you decided you didn't want to, and that's how the TV show came about. What was your reasoning for not wanting to make another uh, Are We There Yet film?
1: You know, artistically, I just want to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks, because you do a kid's movie, that you done turned into some uh, a different person or something. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's funny, but uh, I just want to do different stuff. I want to be you know, pigeonholed in a way,
0: and and in regards to the TV program, what was it? The same reasoning for not wanting to play your character from the film that you didn't want to be pigeonholed. You didn't want to be typecast as that character.
1: I just didn't want to like uh, be on TV every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't want to do that.
0: Not yet. So what's your role as executive producer? What What do you do on a day-to-day basis in regards to the television program?
1: You know, more of an overseer, making sure that uh, you know, I was meeting the standards of, of the Cube, Vision brand. Uh, you know, but we did 10 episodes up front. Um, when we do 90, I'll probably end up directing and writing and kind of doing everything I need to do to... To make sure that the quality stays up,
0: and and as far as the the program itself, obviously, you know, it's a it's a family friendly show. Would you say that you had certain TV shows that you grew up with, family based TV shows that you kind of wanted to model it after, or at least achieve that level of acclaim?
1: Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, do what the, the Cosby Show did, or Jefferson's, or the impact that Sanford and Son, and all these shows that we grew up with had on us, you know what I mean? Uh, but it was a different time. So, you know, my expectations is to, of course, you know, maybe not do the numbers that they did because uh, it's just a whole different time. But to to make the impact and have people love our show, enjoy our show, you know, and, and, and watch and tune in, and, you know, that's probably as much as I can ask for. Uh, everything else after
0: that is gravy. Gotcha. So, yeah. so it's ten episodes, and then and then after that, they I guess decide if they want to do more. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's it. Gotcha. Have you found that one medium is more challenging than another? For example, obviously a movie, you know, you're very concentrated on it for a while, and then it's done. Versus TV that it's ongoing. Is is there a, a difference in the challenges that you found?
1: You know, weekly TV is a lot more challenging than movies. Um, because you really can never rest. You have to constantly be, as long as you're shooting, be good and be on. You know, a script gets to a point before you shoot it. Hopefully, that it's at a great, it's in a great position. And all you're doing is really tweaking. All say, seconds, we got to turn them out keep them pumping, keep them going, so and keep the quality up.
0: And in regards to television and the television business, obviously, you know, things have changed drastically. In many ways, there's programming that gets a lot more views after the fact on the internet. Um, do you have any insight into how, how you feel it will pan out? I mean, is TV going to be the monster that, you've, that it's always been, or do you think that, you know, there's room for maybe developing programming just for internet consumption?
1: You know, there's always going to be room for TV uh, there's always gonna be you know a place where the whole country can go and do the same thing at the same time the internet I'm pretty sure there's gonna always be a niche for programming that is specifically going on the internet you know and this for various reasons maybe timing. Or maybe you don't have 30 minutes, maybe you got 15 minutes, that's great, you know, whatever. I believe a lot of advertisers will push money into Internet visuals uh, because, because of things like TiVo and people can fast-forward through the commercials. So now uh, instead of having a commercial about Coca-Cola, we're going to do this funny-ass short. Mm-hmm. We're going to coke all the way through it. And you we know you're going to watch that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, uh, you know, you see the advertisers wanting to get more into orig- making original things other than just commercials. Uh, so, you know, commercials might get longer, you know, things like that. But they're always going to be for scripted television uh, because reality just reality tv it's it's uh it's hard to syndicate that with all these channels they need syndicated shows
0: and on the are we there yet program do you have product placement in that show yes yes could you mention any of the brands or i mean right now we have toyota uh
1: And, you know, we're going to grab a few more. And doing only 10, you can't really grab as many as you would if we, you know, get the order for, you know, 90. Mm -hmm. Then we could aggressively go after a lot of different advertisers for product placement.
0: And is there a significant amount of revenue in that aspect of the business, the product placement side? Yeah, I mean, you know, any
1: revenue that helps us make a better product is significant. And, you know, to me, that money is money to go back into the show. Uh, You know, I I don't consider that as pocket money. So, you know, it helps us make our episodes stronger and better and, you know... uh, it helps us with our sets and our, you know, crew. And it, it, it does help to make each episode that much better.
0: You're owner of this, at least the TV show side, right? Yes. The so Movie I, side, too, but it's a small percentage. Okay, I got small you. Percentage. Was it something that just happened because the opportunity arose and they wanted you to bring it to TV?
1: Yeah, I just think, you know, in something like this where everybody has to pull their weight, uh, it's only right. So it wasn't a it wasn't a hard sell, you know. Revolution definitely wanted our expertise on the day-to-day running of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, to me, it was just good business on their part because right. owning this show, you know, we're definitely gonna. Pull out all the stops to make it successful.
0: Because obviously, you know, your your face is is I would say probably as as valuable as as even the name of the program. And and obviously, I see that with the advertising that they've run for the program, you're actually being used in the presentation of, of the project just as much as any of the main actors on the show.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, I mean TBS has had a great campaign with with Tyler Perry shows, and uh, knew that. You know, me being in front of the product is just as valuable as the name that people know, you know, from the movie. So that's smart advertising to me. It works. We're doing it.
0: Gotcha. I want to pitch a movie to you, a buddy movie, Cat Williams and Betty White. What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> that sounds
1: funny <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I like to hear
0: it I want to thank you so much, Q, man You're phenomenal Continue to reinvent yourself and do amazing things And um, I wish you the very best Thanks, man, I appreciate that